It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. This is going to be a very tall order. Welcome to your preview for Nottingham Forest versus Aston. Not so vanilla anymore. Afternoon guys, hope you're well and welcome to the match preview for Nottingham Forest versus Villa. In today's video, as always, we'll cover the predicted lineups for both teams. We'll go through score predictions and how can Forest actually go ahead and get something out of this game. There are a couple of things I need to say though. Firstly, obviously hit that like button and subscribe. But there is a general mood on this game that Forest won't be able to win it. And yeah, I'd probably agree Forest aren't favourites for this game. But this does not mean we have an excuse for the players just to turn up and basically not lay a glove on Villa like we saw in the Liverpool match. Look, I sometimes feel that we forget that we are actually a Premier League team. And if we are a Premier League team, the minimum requirement is to compete in every game and act like you actually belong there. And seeing a repeat of what we saw against Liverpool frankly for me is not acceptable, especially at the city ground. Now, I don't expect that to happen again. I do expect us to put up a fight and I'm not that convinced that we will lose this match. I'll explain why throughout the video. But let's jump into this one and let's start with the Forest team. All right, so let's have a look at last week's lineup against Liverpool and it was a bit of a mess, wasn't it? It was like a 5-3-1-1 with a false false nine being played up front in Alanga. Now, what's interesting is that Cooper, after the match, said he didn't want to go with a back five and he wanted to go with a back four. Do I believe it? Not really. But I think the proof will be in the pudding at this game at Villa because there are still a lot of injuries. Now, we will get confirmation of these, obviously, tomorrow in the presser, but we do know a few things for sure. And one of them is that Taiwo got 20 minutes under his belt and probably is fit enough to start against Villa. I think even if he's not, he should be risked and maybe play 60 minutes, see if Forrest can get a foothold in the game, rather than bring him on for a cameo, maybe when the game's done and dusted. But let's start this at the back. 
I am now fully convinced, as style, that Turner's getting dropped and Vlacodemus is coming in. We actually ran a poll on the channel. If you haven't voted on it, go check out, uh, go to the community tab and check that one out. But 85, I think, percent of you want to see that goalkeeper switch after Turner's blunder for the third goal against Arsenal. I see this one 100% happening. And I do see a switch back into a back four this game. I don't think there's an excuse to play a back five. I've seen some weird predictions this week. People, again, bringing Worrell back in. But I can't see that happening. And I think Nia Karte is the one who's going to be sacrificed. And that Murillo Bali partnership, which seems to be flourishing and was kind of interrupted against um, Liverpool, should be back on the cards. Einar for me will start at left back and Aurier at right back. However, if it was up to me, remember this is what I think um, Cooper will do. I would drop Aurier, switch Einar to the right hand side and bring Tuffalo in as left back. That would be my choice to do. However, I don't see that happening as Aurier is now the de facto captain, so to speak, in the absence of Worrell getting games. I don't think Cooper can drop a third captain because there's him, there's um, Yates and Worrell. So I expect Aurier to play if he's fully fit. Now, the other discussion point this week in the Forest fan base has been the main man Sangare, who I gave S Club 7 status to yesterday, and I stand by it. Do not think he is not a good player. He's just settling in. Trust me on that. I get you to go back to Lodi and how you felt about him this time last year. So I don't see Sangare being dropped. I don't see this midfield three being broken up. And I definitely don't see Yates coming in, even though he's one of the favorite FCs. However, I've got a sneaky feeling that Danilo is back and fit. Danilo, who's been training for the past week or so, could potentially make an appearance on the bench. And I think long term, although Mangala has been fantastic, Danilo will tag Mangala in or tag in for Mangala, should I say. Because what we are lacking in this midfield, although they can control and pass the ball well, there isn't that player who's breaking through the attacking lines to create that extra body in the box that Danilo was doing towards the end of last season. And I expect to see that happening at some point. Now, some people may say he'll come in for Sangare. But either way, I think that's a discussion probably for the West Ham game next week rather than this one. I can't see with Danilo being out from the Chelsea match, if I remember rightly, that he would come back straight into the team. But expect to maybe see him named on the bench. Now, for this front three, I think what we're going to see is Alanga on the left, Morgan Gibbs-White on the right, and then where is the main man? Taiwo coming back in up front. Do I agree with this? Not really. Because if you were going to play a 4-3-3, a formation that I do quite like, I think you're kind of shoehorning MGW out on the right-hand side. Where he's not his best, I think he's more effective and influential in the middle. What would I do with this one? I'd probably do what I keep telling Cooper to do is just switch this up into a bit of a like false nine. So you get not false nine, a 10 so that you're getting a four, three, one, two in effect with a Langer floating in and around that left hand side. I don't see that happening, but you do see Cooper tending to change it up into this formation in the second half if we're chasing the match or looking for a goal. But orthodox way I think he will start it will be Alanga on the left, Morgan Gibbs White on the right and Taiwo up front. Now will there be any surprise injuries? Cooper's been very coy these last couple of weeks with that. I don't think so. I haven't heard of any little 
flutterings about it. But I think this is probably the team we're going to see start against Villa. And honestly, it's not that bad in my opinion. It, you know, irrespective of all the injuries we have, this is still a very strong team. Do you guys agree with this team? Do you think this is the team Cooper will go with? Or do you think there'll be any little surprises in it? Let me know down below. Alrighty, so let's have a look at the Aston Villa team. And this is the team that took the field in their last outing, I think against Luton, if I'm not mistaken. Now, this team is looking very solid. It's very orthodox in its 4-4-2 in setup, but very, very fluid in game. And there are some key players that we need to be wary of, and in fact, probably slightly in fear of. Honestly, what Emre has done in Villa in the last 12 months is nothing short of sensational. He has taken them from just above the relegation zone straight into Europe with a squad and a set of players that he didn't change too much from that team that we drew with one all last season until the summer transfer window where he brought in some big acquisitions. And he has turned a lot of players and it's his man management skills on these individual players that have made a huge, huge change. And that is impressive and that is a mark of what a great manager he currently is. But looking at these players, there are a few ones that I need to point out to you. Pau Torres, an absolutely cracking defender, probably their quarterback, if you like, from the back, who starts off a lot of their attacks, especially when they're playing a higher line. The hottest player in their team right now isn't Watkins, in my opinion. It's Louise. Louise has come into absolutely scintillating form right now and really is controlling that midfield. Of course, Watkins is getting all the plaudits. I'll be honest with you guys, I don't think he's that amazing. I just think he's going through a purple patch. He was rubbish when we played them last year. But clearly, Emery has got his claws into him and is really getting the best out of him. And in my opinion, the signing of the summer is Moussa Diaby. What a player he is. I was shocked that he went to Villa. I thought he was destined for a big six club. And when Villa brought him in for, what, 35, 40 million what a snip they got there. He is going to be sensational. Now, obviously, there's all the allegations surrounding Zaniola. He was heavily linked to Nottingham Forest. He settled in okay in the Villa team. And Kamara, their holder, their anchor in midfield. Again, another bargain they picked up. Um, not this summer, but the summer before. What a player he is. I like this team a lot. It looks so balanced. And these aren't even some of their main players. They got Buendia. He's out injured. Moreno, the player that Forrest really nearly signed last summer. He's out injured as well. And I think, who's the other one out? Mings is out. And on the bench, they got the pace in Bailey. You got Traore as their backup striker. He's not great, but he's there as a backup. I don't think they've got the depth in squad currently. I feel they're a little thin. Uh, because of these injuries. But that's starting 11 they can put out. Do I see any changes into it? Not really. At the end of the day, you got the winning formula. They are hot right now. Why would you change it? Martinez as well, picking up his Ballon d'Or award for his, uh, his antics or heroics, whichever way you want to look at it, in the World Cup. This is a really well-balanced team, and this is a really well-drilled and well-coached set of players. It's going to be tough. Okay, so as always, let's get into the predictions. And yes, the title of the video says very tall order. But as I said at the start, 
This is not an excuse to not turn up. Otherwise, what is the point in playing, man? Give him the three points and save us from any injuries. And I don't think it's going to be like that. Look, there's been a lot of talk this week about the atmosphere at the city ground and how it is our responsibility and the people that are going there on Sunday to really create an atmosphere. I understand that sentiment, but it still requires the players to self-motivate themselves to get the you know results for us. At the end of the day, if we are in control from the atmospheres we create in the ground, and that's the only thing getting players over the line, then I seriously question the attitude of these players and the management if they can't do it for themselves. I don't buy into this. I do like it when the city ground is bouncing. It creates a hell, a hell of a 90 minutes um, for the game. But I still hold firm to the belief that it's up to the players to inspire and create some action on the pitch that's going to get the crowd buzzing. Be it even something small, like a crunching tackle on one of the Villa players. Be it, you know, a shot from 30 yards that, you know, um, stings the fingertips of Martinez. Whatever it is, the players should always have that initial responsibility. So I don't buy too much into this because you'll go to other grounds in and around the Premier League and the atmospheres aren't great, but their players can still produce and get results. So the onus for me has to be on the players. So they have to turn up is number one. They have to fight, show passion and wear, that, uh, wear the badge with pride for me. And with that, we can get results. Let's remember, we are still undefeated at the city ground. The last team to take points from us there the three points, that is, was Manchester United towards what, well, whatever that was, March time last year, something like that. This is a fortress. It's one of the only few fortresses in the Premier League, and we have to keep it that way. So can we get something out of this game? The pattern of this game is easy, easy to define. Villa will have most of the ball. Villa will probably try to play with a high line, and Villa will look to move our defence around and create pockets of space in between the lines. Forest have to stay, stay disciplined in this and we have to keep our, our knee high up the pitch and up against the defenders, roughing them up and causing them problems and causing them a little headache and forcing the likes of Pau Torres to stay back. If we can do that and if we can get Dominguez and Sangare firing and controlling that midfield, because remember, with Villa playing a 4-4-2, we should have one extra in the middle of that park as long as we are not playing too deep. So no low block for me on this. As a minimum, as a maximum, it should be a mid block where we look to control the middle of that park and outnumber Villa's two midfielders as good as they are. And that's where our success should be able to come from will be the middle of the park rather than out wide because that's where the numbers are. If we can do that, I am still not confident we get the win. But I am confident at the Fortress, we can at least get ourselves a nil-nil or a one-all draw. That's going to be my prediction for the game. What do you guys say? Can you see three points? Do you think Forest will lose? Or do you think this one ends up in a draw? Let me know in the comments down below. Coming up tomorrow, guys, there's so much content. We got a preview with our mate Luke from UTV Podcast. That will be out for you in the morning. We've then got the Predictor League and, of course, Grumpy Old Reds in the evening where we'll get the boys' thoughts all on the game and looking ahead to it. If you haven't already, please hit that like button. Subscribe to Forest Fan TV if you are new. And we'll see you then. Come on, you Reds. 
Sports Social Podcast Network.